Marinda, in Jesus' name. We love you. Come on up, guys. Amen. You starting? This is Marinda. You'll get to meet Erica here shortly. Bless you. Thank you, Pastor Rick. Thank you so much. It's really wonderful to be with all of you, to visit you in, uh, in the States again. Uh, we love being here. We always say this is, this is like home to us. Um, this is actually the only place in the world where we, I think, where we minister and we have a room. We have a room in Anderson in the church house there. <laughs> so that's, uh, we love being here sometimes and having the opportunity to just unpack our suitcases for a change. Um, but we, um, in this past year, well, I, I can't remember when was the last time we were here, but uh, we've traveled a lot. We really felt the Lord said to us to, to enlarge our vision, to see further because he has got such a heart for the nations and there's more that he wants us to do. And so, um, and so we really saw the Lord taking us to many more places this year. And um, it was amazing for us, such a privilege to see what God is doing in the nations. Um, it's, it's really a privilege. We, we feel blessed every time we go somewhere. We get so excited. It's not always easy, but, uh, but we get so excited because we have this opportunity to see God work in the nations, which very few people have that opportunity. And so we always see ourselves as really blessed and, and, uh, and we thank the Lord for that. And so this morning we just want to share with you um, a few things that we had the privilege to be a part of, of what God is doing in the nations. And uh, I'm just going to share what we've done over the last three months. Further back, we can't really remember anymore. <laughs> There's too many things happening. But uh, we just thank the Lord for what he's doing. It's really exciting. And um, if we can get the PowerPoint on with the photos, I'll appreciate that. So, of course, we are serving the organization. is called Cross Ministries. So we just want to share with you. I just want first want to also say that um, our team in Russia... Um, the RBC team sends lots of love and greetings uh, to the churches here in the States and especially to New Governor. Thank they said, please thank them for their support. And so uh, this team is really doing amazing things with the Lord in Russia. And not only in Russia, they go to other places in the Russian-speaking world. Uh, just this year, Nina has gone to Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan. She's gone to the far east of Russia. And uh, God is really using this team. And so thank you for supporting them. Thank you for praying for them, for giving finances to this team. It's really making a huge difference for them. So, um, so we have been to Russia, of course, and it's been wonderful to minister there. We have, um, Russia has been like our base. We would go to other nations and then return to Russia, minister in the church, go away to another place again and return. So we ministered in many churches, had times to, of to preach and pray for people. And we had many guests. Uh, it was wonderful to have so many guests, even guests from the States. And, um, but the one thing I want to just highlight is we had um, Pastor Anatoly, the church we've been working with for almost 20 years. Um, we had the 25th. Um, anniversary of the celebration of their church. And so it was wonderful to be there, to see the testimonies, to look back over the 25 years and to see what God has done. But one of the things that happened was this pastor was there. His name is Pastor Pavel. He's now the bishop of all the churches of God in Russia. And um, we did the Kairos course in his church about uh, six years ago. And uh, I don't know if you remember, I remember at that time we shared in all the churches where we went about Pavel, because as we presented the Kairos course in his church, 
he looked like a very unhappy pastor. So he was sitting like in the second, third row, and uh, there were about 30, 40 people in the, in the course. And uh, he, he, every day he looked like this, and he would watch us like this. And, and we thought, oh, man, he's going to ask us any moment to stop. This is it. They don't like the course. This is it. Um, but he looked like that the whole week, and we wondered, why is he so unhappy? He looks, you know, he looks like he really, something is bothering him. And um, by the end of the course, he got up, and he went to the front, and we thought, now we're going to hear it, that he really didn't enjoy this course. But as soon as he got to the front, he just started and he wept. He really wept. He just cried. And he started to speak about, um, just he realized God really spoke to him this week. He said it was a hard week because God challenged my heart. He said, I realized in this week how wrong my focus was all these years. And that God has, um, they were busy building their church building. Beautiful, big building. But it was like not finished. So you could clearly see it's not finished. Um, and um, he said, you know, all my years I've just been f- so focused on ourselves, me, my ministry. He said, and God really challenged my heart this week to, um, to look out. There's so many, that s- there's so much that we can do. And so he said in this Sunday that he was in Samara preaching at the ce- celebration. He said, you know, um, since we've done Kairos course in our church, our church has gone out and planted 14 other churches. Isn't that amazing? This is, I mean, we, we haven't heard this. We, we haven't seen be anyone of his church or heard anything of them since we've done the course there six years ago. So this was the first time we heard the good news of what they've done. So they've planted 14 other churches and they have uh, gone to Kenya and in five communities they, uh, they built water systems like pits and for orphanages and children and they're really doing an amazing work for the lord in the nations and it was we were so blessed to hear that to see that god is moving sometimes we don't always have this opportunity to hear what god is doing to see the fruit and the results and so it was amazing for us to see what god is doing and since he is now, he became just recently the bishop of the Church of God. He is absolutely preaching in churches all over Russia about God's heart for the nation. So it's really such a, a wonderful thing for us that God is using him in this way. We've just really loved to be in Russia. Um, another thing in Russia, we're also encouraging the church to really stand with Israel, not only to love the nations, but to s- show their, their, their prayer and support and standing with Israel. Um, and so uh, we've been sharing in many different churches. We had a lady from a ministry in Israel come and share about what's happening there, what God is doing. And it was really amazing to see the response of the Russian church. They really started to say, yes, we have a responsibility to also pray for Israel. And they started praying for Israel. And also some of the groups started to say, hey, but we can give finances. One of the groups adopted this little boy. His name is Daniel. He lives in Israel. He's coming actually from a Russian-speaking family, um, but he's a Jew. They moved to Israel, um, and he will now every day in school receive a hot meal, and he will receive books and a backpack and pencils and many different things because a group in Russia is supporting him, adopted him. And so it's really amazing to see the Russian church starting to affect lives in Israel and that they're really doing something. That they're not just saying, yeah, we will pray, but that they're really praying. They're starting to give. They really want to make a difference. So it's amazing for us to see the Russian church doing this. Um, 
We also went to Mongolia. We just love Mongolia. Um, God has opened for us a wonderful wide door in Mongolia. We work with young people there. And uh, we uh, did a few Kairos courses there. We're training them to be mobilizers, to mobilize the church in Mongolia. They are about 500 small churches in Mongolia. Um, and they all belong to one union. It's amazing the unity there. And, um, and they have a vision, these 500 churches, that by 2020 they want to see 10% of the people in Mongolia come to know Jesus. And, um, and they are passionately working towards that. Um, s since they've done Kairos course, they realized, wow, here in Mongolia are unreached people groups. And now they're starting to target these unreached people groups in Mongolia. So it's really amazing to see these young people. They are so on fire. Uh, we did several courses there. We were first in, in the, just in the capital. About half of the population live in the capital. Outside of the capital, it's very rural, very poor, very simplistic. And um, we had a chance to go in the second week. Eric and I split and went to two different cities. And, um, and the food was not always so easy. Um, the food can be very challenging in Mongolia. And so um, Erika follows, um, some of you might know, a gluten-free diet. And uh, so it was hard for her in the rural area to try and, s try and find food to eat. And uh, so she, she was a little bit hungry some of the days. And so one of the days, one of the days they brought this packet into the kitchen and they said, Erika, we have something. And they put it there and they got very excited and they opened it and this is what it was. Wait, wait, wait. It was this. It is a, a goat head that is cooked. So this is the goat head cut up already, you know, taken off the bones. And they said, Erika, Erika, it's gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but Erika said to them, you know, it was just the team, the team that we work with that was there. She said to them, you know what? You are all Christians already, so I don't have to eat this. You're not going to go to hell if I don't eat this. So... <laughs> So she didn't eat it. But it is, they love it. Within seconds, Erika said it was all gone. And uh, it's a delicacy. They really, if they want to honor someone, they really respect someone, they would give this to them. They love this. But it was very hard. And um, so, and there are other things too. We won't show you everything. But the food is sometimes not so easy. This is the Mongolians just praying together. Um, they're praying for Islamic unreached people groups. It's a young pastor praying this, just so passionate. And you're going to just now hear them worshiping. We just wanted you to hear a little bit of them to feel their hearts. This was in the far north, east of Mongolia, um, a very rural little town, but they're worshiping Jesus with all their hearts and so passionate about reaching the unreached people groups and unreached people in their nation with the gospel. So it was wonderful to serve there and to serve them. We've also been to Belarus. Um, 
in, in we had this wonderful opportunity to work with young people there as well. We did the Youth Kairos course with them, um, training a wonderful team uh, in Belarus. This is actually the national team that we raised up in Belarus. Um, and in February next year, we're going to have a big conference in Belarus, in Minsk, the city of Minsk. And we're getting our teams from all over the world uh, together in Minsk. So we will bring our teams from Mongolia, from Russia, from Belarus, from Ukraine, from um, Kazakhstan and Kyrgyzstan, and from Latvia, and maybe from Estonia as well, together to Minsk. And um, so at, at the beginning, we said, Lord, we trust you for 50 people. And now, by this time, it has doubled already. We are at 100. So we are so excited about it. It's a big challenge for us to trust the Lord. We said to them, we will trust the Lord for the accommodation and meals. You trust the Lord to get your ticket to get here. Uh, and for, for many of them, it's a big challenge to get a ticket to get to Minsk. And so we're just praying that God would provide for every one of them to come to this conference. At the conference, we're going to speak about strategy for the new season. Um, what is it that the Lord wants to do? How can we go forward as uh, teams in this, we call it Eurasia region? Um, how can we more effectively mobilize the church to, to, to bring in the final harvest so that Jesus will come? And so we're going to focus on that. We're also going to do a, 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 a one or two days at the conference. We're going to speak about their role as mobilizers. And, and where in the Bible do we find the theology for this ministry of mobilization? And so we want them to be confirmed in their calling to understand where do they fit into the body of Christ as mobilizers. So this is all that we're going to do at the conference. So please, if you remember anything about us, Remember about the conference, the 20th to the 23rd of February, and pray for that, please. Pray for everybody that needs to come, um, that God will abundantly provide for them to come, and that, and that he will have his way. We see this really as very prophetic. It is, you know, these nations are not very, they don't love one another very much, these nations that I mentioned. You know, there's not a great love between Ukraine and Russia at the moment. There's not a great love between yeah, or Latvia and Russia. And so there's, um, but we are getting these people together in Minsk and we trust the Lord that it's going to be such an expression of his heart, of be that oneness in him and that, um, and that together, because we're going to stand together from the Russian speaking nation, stand together, God's going to do something unique and special. And so we're trusting him for a, a very special event and, um, we're going to have uh, the international leaders of Kairos coming to Minsk as well. So we're very excited about that. Please pray for this event with us. And then we've also been to Ukraine. We just fell in love with the young people in Ukraine as well. Um, this is a young pastor. We have trained Bogdan, is his name, as a Kairos head facilitator. Um, this is the church we served in there. Just three days uh, ago, well, this is now almost... It's two weeks ago. We have heard that um, he, this man that we served with now for two years, um, passed away. He went to heaven to be with Jesus. So we were very shocked when we heard that. But, um, but he, was, he was such an amazing man. And so our hearts are encouraged because we know that there will be lots of fruit on this seed that has been sown. And um, this is just some of the ministry we've done there. Um, the young people in Ukraine are really also on fire for the Lord. We did a Kairos course with them, and Erika and I just loved it. Actually, we're not supposed to present youth Kairos anymore because they say Erika and I are too old. And, um, 
and you know we need the young people to present the course and so we're training many young people to do it but we we were part of presenting this one in the ukraine and we just loved it we love working with the young people and um, they got so excited by the third day into the course they wrote a song uh, about God's heart for the nations and that we each one of us can play a part. Each one of us can do something. Even if you're still in school, if you're still a student, you can do something. And so they wrote the song. You will hear the words. Uh, we're going to just play a little portion of it for you. You will hear the words Kairos in there. It's in Russian, so Galia might understand this. It was so lovely to speak in Russian to Galia this morning. And so we love when we hear Russian people somewhere in the world, we get so excited because we just have such a, a love in our hearts for Russians. And so um, just this is a little bit of this song. Uh, this Sorry, that's still some of the young people that we trained. Look at those beautiful faces. They are so amazing and on fire for the Lord. And this is the song. That's some of the words on the side there. Beautiful song, yes? We were so amazed when uh, we heard the song. We were just so blessed that the God gave this to him. We're actually going to use the song at our conference, and we're going to make it a Kairos hymn. And so we're very excited about it that they wrote the song, and just that God gave it to them. They uh, Really, they're so passionate. After we did this course, they actually went into the streets in Kiev about two weeks after the course. They went into the streets in Kiev, in the center of the city, and started evangelizing people from other cultures. So if they saw someone that's walking on the streets and is an Uzbek, they started a conversation with him and started telling him about Jesus, specifically targeting the unreached in their city. And it was amazing just to hear and to see their passion. They started a group on Facebook and on Viber and all these social media, and, and, they, and they're praying. They write on there how they're praying. This week they're praying for this nation. That week it's amazing to see the young people so on fire for the Lord. So we were really blessed. Erica will come and go on. We just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your support. God is using also you to do this in the nations. And so you are part of this and we really value it greatly. Hallelujah. Great. Is it? Is it? It is so great for us to be with you. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to share what, thank you so much. What God is doing in the nations. You know, um, when, when we have the opportunity to share what God is doing, then it blesses us to see, wow, it's like giving God glory and just re being reminded that we serve an just an amazing God. Um, Pastor Eric just asked, quickly share, uh, the Kairos course that we use is one of the instruments that we use, one of the courses that we do all over the world. Um, it is a, a course about the, the world Christian movement. It is about the biblical aspect of God's heart for all nations. 
um, the historical aspect of that as well, as well as strategic and the cultural aspect. It's not a missions course. It's not a course that we use to train missionaries. It's a course for members of a church to mobilize us to know what is on God's heart for the time that we live in. That's what um, the Kairos is about. And it challenges our worldview that the way that we live is for the glory and honor of God. It's only about God. It's not about us. And so that's all that this course do. But we see a lot of people ignorant because they've never really heard God's heart and God's plan for them and for the nations. And then just to, to get involved, um, especially in the Russian church, uh, many people thought of Russia as the mission field, and, and they pretty much still is. I mean, less than 2% of the Russians are uh, Christians <laughs> have ever really heard of Jesus. And it's actually shocking to go into villages and, and smaller towns, and they, they have no idea what you're speaking about. But yet, we also know that if you are a Christian, each one of us, we can play a part. Not only are we to receive, but freely we receive, freely we shall give. And whatever God gives, we shall give to others. And so uh, we trust the Lord and we will stand on that promise. I will, I will stand on the promise of God that we will see a mighty army arise from Russia. That will be the army of God from that nations all over there. Join the nations here that are also called to be an army, uh, an army for God, and we will see the end harvest coming, and we're standing on that. Praise the Lord. So I just have a very, very short word. As we travel through the nations, as we, we go to all these places, we come across this one thing that many people are experiencing, and maybe some of you are experiencing it too, and it's called being tired. I don't know if any of you ever feel worn out, worn down, just tired of going on and on and not really seeing the things we trust God for. Anyone who can relate? I'm so glad. Because <laughs> I was a little bit stressed here. <laughs> okay, okay. No, but be, to be really serious, it... It is a thing that we see all over the world. We see it in the churches in Russia. You start speaking. People look happy. We have this amazing worship services. People worship God. They come to church. They read their Bibles. There's nothing wrong with the people. It's just but once you start to get to know them and you, and you dig a little deeper, they will tell you, actually, I feel very burned. I, I'm burned out. I, I just feel like it's... I'm not getting where I'm supposed to go. I, I need the Lord to strengthen me. And so that concerned us a little. Um, and make no mistake, <laughs> I am there too. Every now and again, like Marina said, we don't have a place to stay except here in the States when we are here for a few weeks. We stay in the church house. We live out of our suitcases. We go week in, week out to other people, other countries, other cities, we have to sleep in their living rooms, on couches, on floors. In, in Mongolia, we just sleep wherever nobody stands at that moment. And so um, this is how we live. And sometimes we do get tired. It's just normal. We are human beings. But you know that in Daniel 7, 25, 
Daniel 7.25, there is actually a scripture that warns us that this is the strategy of the enemy. It says, I will read it, Daniel 7.25, it says, And he shall speak words, he meaning, uh, you know, most probably Satan or whoever, he shall speak words against the Most High God and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. If we, if we go and look at that word, wear out, some of the translations use persecute. But in the Hebrew word, it means wear them down, make them tired. That's the Hebrew word. I actually asked a Hebrew person in Israel when we were there, and that's what they explained to me. It's just giving up. They want to give up. They're so tired, there's no way forward. That's what the enemy is doing. And I want to guarantee you today that we live in those times that the Bible is speaking about. We are living in unique and amazing but crucial times. The kingdom of heaven, I, the kingdom of God, the church of God is standing at a crossroads all over the world. God is sifting. We all know everything that it, that it entails. I, I, I'm not bringing a new message to you today. There's none of you who, who, who is not aware of what God is doing, of the times that we are living in. But one of the enemy's strategy is will make you feel tired. And so... Yet, when we look at where we live in, I mean, rumors of war and war. <laughs> Let's just think of Matthew when Jesus speaks of the times that we live in. Um, Jesus, isn't, Jesus doesn't say, oh, you know, it's going to be wonderful times. You will see wonderful things and you're going to be wonderful people and you're all going to be so happy at the end times. That's not what Jesus says. He says, you will hear of darkness and evil, and it will become even worse in those times. And, you know, and wars, and there will be rumors of war. Now, just go to these nations, maybe in the States, and even in the States, I mean, just looking at the news, you can't even go to church anymore and be safe in the States. That was a shock to us. I always look at the news. It's important to know what's happening in the world. And when there's something's happening in the States, it shocks me. But all over the world, this country is fighting with this one and that one, and rumors, and w living in Israel, you are bombarded with that every day of your life. Missiles flying into Israel. We had to go and find shelter how many times? This is the times we are living in. Yet Jesus says, He who endures to the end, he who endures to the end will be saved or rewarded. So I had to, this is just who I am. Okay, Lord, endure. What does endure mean? Give me a definition of endurance. And so also, again, I looked at the Hebrew and the Greek and, and some of you, I'm not smart. I'm just sharing you what I found. Okay, so not a very academical preaching, just encouraging you okay anyway so it says endurance means to continue to remain faithful to the core to remain faithful to the core to have courage 
Have you ever heard of that? He who, have, he who has courage to the end will be saved. To endure means to be courageous. In the midst of darkness, to carry on. To live through, overcome and prevail. Now, a lot of times when things are dark or when there's storms all around us, our natural tendency is to hide ourselves. We want to ride out the storm by closing all the windows and find a safe little spot and we'll just ride out the storm. We'll just wait. We'll endure to the end. But that's not what Jesus meant. In the midst of the storm, we are called to be more than overcomers. Hallelujah. In the midst of the storm, he is with us to the end of the age. In the midst of all these things that are, and, and let's be honest today, it's not going to get easier. If anyone preaches anything like that, may God bless them, but it's not true. The word is clear. Evil will be called good in the end. Nothing can be good about that. It's, it's evil times. But we as Christians do not have to fear. We can, the most amazing thing is, we sang a song this morning, He turns everything for my good. Hallelujah. But you know that when even God turns everything for our good, it is not about us. It's about His glory. My good is His glory, and His glory is my good. And so I really feel like the Lord is saying to all of us today, let's overcome, let's endure, and not hit ourselves. The darker, the brighter our lights can shine. That's why Jesus calls us to be the light to the nations. Wherever we are, as we were worshiping this morning, I was just really, I could actually, you know, sometimes when people worship, you think, you can hear the angels. I didn't hear any angels this morning. What I did hear was the cries and the prayers of the saints before God. It's the first time I've ever experienced that. As we were worshiping, I, just, I could just hear in heaven for a moment how God's people are crying out to him for his glory, for his will, for his kingdom to come. I could just hear it. It just blessed my heart to hear. And that's what God wants us to be. You know, when we look at the book of Jonah, uh, we all know Jonah and we've heard many sermons about Jonah. But the other day I was studying again Jonah and I was looking at Jonah. Here is Jonah. God calls Jonah to go somewhere, but Jonah decides not to do it for whatever reason. doesn't matter. And Jonah goes and in the middle of a storm, Jonah hits himself and he sleeps, sounds so much like the church, and he sleeps down at the, you know, in the middle of, the, down in the, of the church, thank you, I couldn't think of the word in English, thanks. Here in the ship, he's fast asleep and things are going crazy outside. The people outside are calling onto their gods, their idols, to save them. They're desperate, desperate to be saved from the storm. Then they go and they wake up Jonah. And they say to Jonah this. 
What do you mean by sleeping? Maybe you can cry out to your God. He might hear and save us. Isn't that just a call to the church? What's going on around us all over the world? And now there are people crying out to Buddha. It's, it's horrific to go to Kamikya and see these people bow before a dead statue in Mongolia. They walk around and then they put milk, milk and they throw it in the air and they do all these chants because they hope for a better life. They are crying out to their idols and their gods. Yet we have the living God. We have what it takes. And God is calling us that in the midst of whatever is happening in your country and all over the world for the church to arise. To arise, to, to, to take off these tired garments and say, listen, this is enough. This is what the enemy wants. This is not what God wants. He has given me the strength. His grace is enough and sufficient for us to do whatever he wants us to do and to follow the call of God. But the ability to persevere, listen to this, the ability to persevere in difficult times does not depend on how you deal with the hardship at this time, but how well you prepare for it. I look at Paul. Man, he persevered a lot. He's one of my heroes. And I always wonder, what made Paul so special? Why could Paul endure? I mean, we moan and groan if they give me a head of a goat. <laughs> I felt so sorry for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Where did I sit in my life? Anyway, no. <laughs> but here is Paul being shipwrecked, flogged, scorched, stoned, but he endured. He carried on. What made Paul so different? I believe it's because Paul was prepared. Exactly. But you see, the thing is, when God called Paul, what did God say? I will show him what? what he will suffer and endure for my name's sake. Paul was not disappointed. He was not disillusioned because he wasn't promised riches. He wasn't promised all these wonderful, amazing, lovely things that we promise. Not, of course, here, but in many places of the world. Christians are being promised that is not the truth. Because Jesus says... If you love me, you will obey my commands. You will do what? You will die to self. You will lay down your life. You will pick up what? Your cross and follow me. Jesus has warned us from the very beginning that we will suffer for his name's sake. And I believe if we know that beforehand, if we are told the truth from the very beginning, Listen, it's not easy to be a Christian. It is not. We don't live in times where it's easy to be a Christian. Even in the States. This was a safe place to be a Christian. It's not anymore. 
It's not easy. But Jesus says, but I will be with you to the end of the age. I am making you more than a conqueror. Don't let all these things make you tired or disappoint you. But arise. Arise to the occasion. God's calling the church to arise. And especially from this place. And so I believe if we would prepare ourselves and start to preach the truth to one another and encourage one another with, even though it's hard, God is with you. Persevere, endure. Even though you are not seeing the fruit of your prayers and standing on the promises of God, persevere. Because we do not live for this life here on earth. We should live a life with an eternal perspective. Should we not? We are not we are only pilgrims in this life. We are only pilgrims here. And the Lord is saying to us today, endure. Endure. And just quickly, uh, quickly, 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 there are three things I want to mention about endurance. Firstly, it is about obedience. Obedience is a very important word to God. You either obey or you don't. There's no I don't feel like. It's either I do it or I disobey. And so if God says, you shall be the light to the nations, then wherever you are, at your working place, in the church, at school, at university, you shall be the light to the nations. That is the end of it. There is no other way. As Jesus was sent by the Father, so Jesus is sending each one of us as sheep amongst the wolves. But we shall be the light. Obedience. The second thing is purposefully and intentionally. If you want to endure, you need to be purposeful and intentional. You need to discipline yourself. doesn't matter how hard it is. Discipline is a self-discipline is very important. I mean, we read in 1 Corinthians 9.26 that Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. Every step that he takes, he takes with purpose. In Ephesians 5 is 15, um, it says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Don't live like fools. The more clearer, we cannot get it. The Lord is so clear in his word. I want to say that this is time for the church to return to the basic truth of God's word. To stand on this word. To live according to the word of God and nothing, and nothing else. God's word shall encourage us, shall change us, shall empower us to fulfill God's purpose. To endure to the end. I am, I am always so afraid is the wrong word. I don't know what's a better word. Concerned, maybe, that God, I don't want to come to the end of my life and look back and go, I didn't endure. I didn't make it. I, I disqualified myself, even though I preached it to others. Like Paul says, I don't want to get to that part of my life. I want to come to the end of my life and say, I have run the race. I have kept my faith. I have endured to the end. May your name be glorified. Even though sometimes we get tired. 
let's endure. Let's run with endurance. And then lastly, joyfully. That's the hardest thing. It's, it's easy to o- obey, to be disciplined. But to enjoy getting up in the mornings, it's really not so easy. Yes? To enjoy fasting, to enjoy reading the word, to enjoy listening to sermons, to enjoy praying for others and going. And it's cold outside. Maybe for, I'm, uh, for me it's cold. I can see lots of you still have short sleeves, which blows my mind. But I don't understand that. But it's, it's not always joyful. But God says we shall joyfully endure our cross. Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What joy is he speaking about? The eternal joy. Eternal joy. Not the joy here on earth, but the eternal joy of being reconciled with with us. Having his name glorified. Having that intimate relationship with his creation is the joy that was set before him. And he endured And Jesus joyfully endured it. I believe we are called to do it too. So I want to end off by reading a scripture you all know very well. Very, very well. But it is my favorite scripture. So, of course, I have to read it to you today. Philippians 3 verse 10 and on. It says, Paul says, this amazing man, he says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Oh, don't we all want to experience that? His mighty power. But then he comes and he says, I think we just all erase the sentence. I want to suffer with him. What, Paul? No, no, no. But Paul understood. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. I like Paul. So if none of if you don't agree, God will show you what is true. I like that. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Then, dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often, I say it again with tears in my eyes, this is a scary part, that there are many of those whose conduct show they are really enemies of the cross. They are headed for destruction. And then he defines those who are enemies of the cross. Listen to this. He says, their God is their appetite, the lust of the flesh, 
not just eating, but the comforts of the flesh. That's enemies of the cross. Secondly, they brag about shameful things. And thirdly, this is the scary one, they think only about this life here on earth. If you think of this life here on earth and in on this life only, you are actually called an enemy of the cross. I'm not saying it. Paul said it. Yet in the midst of all of this, Jesus says this one word, and I believe that's what he wants to say to all of us today. Endure. Have courage. Prevail. He will strengthen you to fulfill the call. Just lift your eyes to him. Have an eternal mindset and joyfully carry on with what God's called you to do. Let's endure to the end. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning that you are encouraging us. That you are not trying to discourage us, but actually encourage us and prepare us for what is coming. You know everything, Father. And there is nothing that will happen that you do not know of. Your word tells us how things will be in the last days. But yet we will not be afraid of it. We don't have to fear. We don't have to heed ourselves. But we can arise. We can become the church of God that you called us to be. We can become the mighty warriors the children of God, the lovers of Jesus in the midst of all these things. We can shine bright our light for the honor and glory of your name if we would just fix our eyes on you and you alone. Help us, Lord, to not become tired. When we do feel tired, may we run into your presence and receive from you that which is needed to finish this race well. We do not just want to finish it, Lord. None of us here just want to finish the race. We want to finish it well for your name's sake. It is all about your glory. It is not about us, Lord. And so I pray specifically today for New Covenant Church. You have a great purpose for this church. You built this church. For that we give you glory and honor. And then you have called the people here and you have said, I have a plan and a purpose. You do nothing in vain. And so I pray that you will help this church to arise, to become the giants in the kingdom of God that you've called them to be. Lord, will they, will they arise and shine for their light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon this place. May their eyes be fixed on you and you alone. I pray specifically for the leadership. May you give them wisdom and understanding of the times that we are living in. And may they know how to encourage their people to, to share with their people the very heart of God to do what you want to do in this time, for such a time as this, Lord. It is something new that you are doing on the earth, but you have revealed it to us in your word. You've told it to us beforehand. So I pray that you will put your words in the leadership. You will put your heart in their heart. And may the words that they speak be the oracles of God. And may everyone in this building be prepared for what is to come. Like the wise virgins that had enough oil to see 
of King Kang. I pray that you would fill them with your spirit. Reveal yourself to them, your love and your amazing purposes. And may your name be glorified, especially here in Newcastle and the surrounding cities to the ends of the earth. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.